Welcome to the Color Auntie Podcast. My name is Grace, joined by my co-host, Kozan. And we are so glad that you're here with us. We're just your northern girls trying to live our best life. We're here to help you through those dreadful morning commutes, or if you're just wanting to hear Quay out of things you may be experiencing, because both Quay and I have been there. We don't really know what we're doing in life, but we're hoping to figure it out with you along the way. <laughs> yeah. So listen, your podcast aunties love ya. Welcome back, everybody, to the Call Her Auntie podcast. Um, you know this is me, Quay, and I'm here with Grace as per usual. Today, we're going to talk about our careers. So, like, sex in the city vibes, but make it Indigenous. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of, like, so I've seen that movie growing up, and I remember, and I'm sure we've talked about this before, Quay, how, like, growing up in Sault Ste. Marie and Thunder Bay, like we'd see these movies with like big cities and you're like oh my god that's gonna be me one day I'm gonna like I'm gonna work in a big office building downtown get coffee like all this stuff and like that kind of is our life a little bit like when when pre-pandemic (laughs) pre-pandemic like when we were gonna go pee for our parking tickets we were like laughing at ourselves because we were like who are we why is this our issue (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh before God. we get into that though we're gonna do a little quick check-in tell you guys some more netflix recommendations so grace how have you been i have been good i've been busy um i'm doing it all i know there's people that are in my shoes of you know having a little one uh, or kids multiple whatever um working and also school work so Today I have Nico, he's at his grandparents, and um, my Sunday today is really just trying to get some schoolwork done because I got my first big assignments coming up. So, oh. yeah, um, and I'll, like, I'll give a check-in a bit, like, it's a bit longer, but I've been, um, I'm in the Indigenous social work, and my one, pro- my one class At Laurentian, is- right? At Laurentian. And my one class is really hard. Like I had, we had a friend, a a mutual friend, Aliyah tell me that, you know, like make sure you take time for yourself because some of it's really heavy. And I've told you before on some assignments that I have to give like my opinion on. It's just like discussion. It's like, how do you feel about residential schools? How do you feel about 60 scoop? How do you feel about Jordan's principal? Like talk more about this. And it's like so hard that I end up in tears after mm-hmm. my assignment like I feel so like enraged that this has happened to our people but strong enough to like I want to do change but right. I'm also like just drained that like you know this is the country we live in and to just know that this year has been super hard on our people too like mm-hmm. out west and now out east and it's been really hard um and I'm not too sure like, since it's all online, I don't see the teacher or anything. And I, I think that, you know, like, I'm going to be okay, because I know how I can reach out to someone and all that. But what if there's students that may be learning about this for the first time, or they didn't know their family went through this and mm-hmm. need those resources? Because I know that in our line of work, we're always making sure we're in education that people are safe when they're learning these things. So that's kind of been my check-in. I'm super grateful to be in this program and I'm learning a ton, but it's definitely, definitely very hard. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I said, I'm feeling very motivated 
to like make some change hopefully and I mean I think this podcast is really great because we I feel like we are you know like so um that's my check-in how are you Clay? Before before you do my check-in Grace I want to say like thanks for sharing that because I can totally agree I think I said it last episode or the episode before when you when you talk or when I was talking with my therapist about like my family lineage and talking about like legacy trauma and like all of that because then all of a sudden you you reach in your life or like you re-hit in your you re-realize in your life because you're living we're living we're trying to succeed we're trying to survive we're too busy Mm -hmm. surviving that when Mm -hmm. we stop and we're like shit my grandparents went to residential school my grandparents were abused and they raised my parents the best they could and my parents raised us the best they could and you're like oh shit it's Mm -hmm. me yeah and then you like have that realization and I remember when that when I keep having that, but more recently, after I learned that my dad had gone to Indian day school and he had told us his stories, um, I remember like talking about it with my therapist. And then after I just like lied on the floor and I was like, fuck, this yeah. is us. Mm-hmm. So with our podcast, I, I really am thinking that we do make impacts because we share all the helplines. We share, we're like, people can talk to they can reach out to they can reach out for like if you're a post-secondary student in Canada it's like good to talk or like Mm -hmm. if you're native anywhere in Canada it's um the hope for wellness hotline and then there's the talk for healing healing for women Mm -hmm. so like if you get hit by that realization and like you feel like a wave of like emotions like reach out and talk to these professionals who are there to talk to you about that kind of shit the one and another um, that I know some people can relate to, sometimes it's been hard on me because um, I've had people say like, oh, well, like your mom seems fine and raised mm-hmm. you good and like whatnot. And your, your grandparents, you know, like they started their own business and they're fine. My grandparents went to it. So it feels like they try to be like, oh, you like you shouldn't be affected by it because your family doesn't seem to be affected by it and I got so I doing my assignment this week I got so angry because thinking about what people have said about me yeah it's like oh is my it was my mom supposed to be like I you know I don't was she was she supposed to like be like what people think they want her to be like or was she, like she was just so strong and resilient that she's like, no, I'm not going to be like that. And I'm going to raise my kids well. And same with my parent, grandparents. They went through stuff, too. And they're like once like they're in their late 30s when they when they realized it and then they overcame some things. But I'm just like, that's not a reason for my wow. my family to be like that, just to prove a point to those people saying those things. It's really hard because I hear what you're saying because it's like people are people are looking at you guys from the people look at my family too from the outside looking in and they're like you're fine everyone's fine I don't see how generational trauma has affected you guys like how they say about your family mm-hmm. but it's like you're looking at it from the outside you don't know how much struggle we did in the inside how many times like my parents were in between jobs or how many times like like when you compare our lives to like our lives are always different than Western white people, but it's like, 
yeah yeah we went to school and yeah we did good and yeah we we had enough emotional love and support from our families to go out and venture but mm-hmm. other families buy their kids apartments in toronto to live in other mm-hmm. families once they start get married gift them like tens of thousands of dollars to put down payments on a house mm-hmm. other families give them cars when they're 16 yeah and i'm like that that financial and economic contribution is something that our families are struggling with and like yeah we have love but like there are certain areas too where like our communication especially I think with men is so warped because of of intergenerational trauma and so like it we look fine but there's like these deep things that like we're still trying to overcome within our families and you know because Mm -hmm. like your dad and your brother like my dad and my brother are so hard to communicate with about Mm -hmm. like things not things but like deep things because or they're not as open um as me and you would be because that's just how like my dad was taught in school yeah so like that trickling down Mm -hmm. I'm like you don't see that at home Mm -hmm. and we have love and I love them but I'm like you people looking in from the outside don't see that yeah and I think we're both kind of the same way like well, I'm more like I I don't like conflict or mm-hmm. I don't I've always been like kind of like in my shell like I don't talk a lot about like what hurts me or whatnot or what what bothers me because I'm like, "Oh, well, if this if I talk about what's going to bother me, it's just going to bring up like a debate." So I'm like, mm-hmm. "I'd rather not." So I just won't talk. So, but now I'm just like, "You know what? I'm going to start you know, I'm so inspired by, like, all those, they, like, call themselves activists out there, because I think it's so great that they're, they're bringing up these, these issues, and they're speaking out, and of course, there's, like, haters out there, but, you know, they're so strong, and I think it's so admirable that there's people out there sticking up for our Indigenous people, but, yeah, sorry, it's kind of, like, a heavy check-in, but that's, that's really how my check-in was, like, I'm just, like, I'm just like learning these things and having to talk about heavy issues in my class and it's hard and you know we're always reading about these it's always in the news what's happening to our people so it's 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 probably like yeah but should we move on to Netflix (laughs) wait I just need to check in oh yeah Clay how you doing okay so doing good everyone knows that I'm on my fitness journey I don't have any recent posts to put up because I haven't been in the gym Mm -hmm. um I haven't been I got to like week six and then I had to self-isolate and then I got to week eight and then everything closed but since I started I am 10 pounds down I just had a so I had a meeting with my um trainer and um I I told him like it's really hard like doing at home workouts when you're so used to like slaying weights in the gym is really hard and I'm trying my best and I got mm-hmm. a student trainer at home from Humber to help me and so like she's really good um but it's it's hard because I try to run but I have a problem with my I strike harder with my right foot because my left foot has plantar fasciitis that I have like it like my right leg it's all tense all the time and I have to go to massage therapy. But I say that, and now I'm like, okay, wait. But being, we have to be grateful that, like, I do get to move. I get yeah. to move, and I get to be active. 
I know that like the gym, it, the gym and weights is such a powerful thing for me and my heart and my mind because it's like you go and you go to like squat 150 and you think you can't do it, but then you do it and then you're like mm-hmm. confidence. And then like you go to squat because before I could squat 220 and I'm still working after that, but I'm like knowing that that was my, my highest and like being able to work towards something and push it and overcome it is such a good feeling to me. And like is a part of who I am because like I'm a competitive person. Mm-hmm. Um, so just competing with myself now. Mm-hmm. So not having that is kind of hard and like sucks with my brain. And like I've been I've been going through it, but I just try to. Okay, I've been doing something wrong, and I want to tell everybody else. Um, I whenever I was going through it in my heart, I would try to meditate. But actually. That's not what you're supposed to do when you're going through it. You're supposed to meditate when you're already in a calm state. When you when you feel it in your heart that you get anxious, you're supposed to like get up and do something like clean or go for a run or go for a walk. So mm-hmm. I've been trying to I've been trying to do that still. Um, mm-hmm. So that's my tip for people, and really that's my check in. I'm just still still trying to survive. Yeah, <laughs> aren't we all in this time? Right. Um, well, I inspire, I like, I admire you, Quay, for like continuing your workout journey. And like everyone, all, all these transitions are so hard from like being able to like go to restaurants and like go to the gym. And now like slowly they're all shutting down and talk about your biggest issue this week, Quay, was the Starbucks shutting down beside you. <laughs> okay, yeah. Every- <laughs> P- no, PSA. PSA. PSA announcement. Okay, but. So I live, I live in right beside a Starbucks and I, within one kilometer, I have three around me. So it's not a big deal, but the people at my Starbucks beside me, they, they see me get up and go for a walk every morning and I wave at them. They see me when I go and order and on my, on my app, I, I call myself Quay Buzz, like on my Instagram, (laughs) like I'm some kind of cool person (laughs) and all the time they're like, Quay Buzz is here and they're like hey Quay Buzz and so they're like they're excited to see me and I'm excited to see them and then I went to get my coffee and go for a walk this week and the girl was like oh Quay Buzz um we're shutting down and I'm like what she's like we're closing permanently um on Sunday Sunday's the last day we'll be here wait and I was like what they're closing permanently, permanently. what and I'm like, like I'm like what are you guys gonna do they're like, well, hopefully we'll get transferred either there or there or, like, somewhere else. They named the names. And I, like, kind of got really sad. And, like, not because of the coffee, but because these, like, couple workers that I see are and I wave at and they know me and I've known them for three years. Like, they're going to be gone from my life. And really, in, during the pandemic, the only people I see are my boyfriend, my roommate, my coworkers in video. But in person, the 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 full time workers that work at the grocery store across the road, the workers who've been working three years at Starbucks beside me, those yeah. are the only people I see. And I'm like, I kind of wanted to cry because I'm, I was like, I'm gonna miss that connection with them. That's sad. And, yeah. And I'm like, this is my life. Where like I'm so sad about losing these people who I see every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, that it's kind of silly but like that that's what it is right now mm-hmm. they yeah. they meant so much of, into my life in terms of like engagement with a real person yeah it's like the rug was 
ripped from under you. That's right. totally that's like what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. And then I went today and I went to go get my, my um iced coffee. And I was like, Well, see you guys. And they're like, Yeah, see ya. <laughs> Cause I, I'm like, I'll never see them again. Um, oh, that was so sad. <laughs> That was like I was watching some play. play. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. That's my life right now. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay. Well, I think let's just jump in right to what we wanted to talk about, what the whole episode's about. Um, so the title of our episode is Sex in the City, but make it indigenous. So we really want to touch on our careers because I know um, in the next couple episodes, we're going to bring some um, cool, cool cats um, cool onto cats the episode. Okay, Quaint, let me ask you the first question. What did you go to school for and why did you pick the programs you went into? Right. So I went to school for, initially my bachelor's degree, I went to school for business. Um, I specialized in human resources and public administration. I was like, oh, marketing, I don't want to do marketing. I don't want to trick people into buying something. I didn't like that, but like marketing came really easy to me. Like I got really good grades in my marketing programs in Adelgoma. And then I went on to sports and event marketing as a (laughs) post-grad but in that was I wanted to learn why Gatorade picked who they picked and like why they did what they did I didn't learn that so then I went on again um (laughs) (laughs) I didn't learn the one question I want to in that program (laughs) so I moved on I graduated from that and then I went to um I wanted to like connect my my degree to my post-grad and I did um public policy specializing in indigenous public policy and and administration at Carleton and that was the most boring two years of my life (laughs) (laughs) and then I just realized like I love marketing I love marketing education to other indigenous youth in terms because of um you don't have to school go to school for business or to be a doctor or any of those things. You can go to school to be a graphic designer. You can go to school for musical theater. You can do your passion at school and like do what you love. And I especially love it because I love Louis Riel. I think Louis Riel, his quote is, a revolution won't happen. It'll be when our youth wake up and do something through the arts, something like that. It'll be our artists yeah. that create the revolution when our artists wake up and I'm like, oh, guys, wake up. Here, take this program. Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do oh. the revolution. Wake up now. Oh, my goodness. So that's why, that's me trying to pick programs. Mm-hmm. And that was, but I also wanted, I wanted to be a CEO of something. Like, you know, mm-hmm. when you saw, like, Sex and the City growing up, and they were, like, these boss-ass bitches. One of them was, like, a journalist. Carrie was a journalist, but everybody else was like a boss I wanted to be like that and be a CEO of anything yeah what about you okay um so I went to school for out of high school I took pre-health 
because I didn't know what I wanted to be. And I thought it was something in the healthcare field because that was Mm -hmm. what my mom was really pushing for me. And I mean, it is a very smart move because there's so many jobs, but I'm just not really the type, like the caring type. Um, Only really to like, like even my mom, like she'd be like, Grace doesn't even like help me or when I'm sick. And I'm like, mom, like, okay. Like I would if I had to, but you know, I'm not, I'm not really that type. So I I was working part-time at a hair salon, which I loved because all I got to do, all I did was like clean up and (laughs) sweep hair. And, um, but I washed people's hair, like when they first were getting the cut or what, if it was washing like the hair dye out and I got to just like have conversations with people. And then I started being like, oh, yeah, you know, like I started knowing like the products on the wall and being like, oh, yeah, this might be good for you not being like a hairdresser at all. But I was like, hey, you know, like this is kind of what marketing is like. I'm really good at conversation. And I feel like my curling career also was just it's very social. And Mm -hmm. I was I was able to talk to like people of all ages. Um, And I know like um, this real estate agent, cause I thought a real estate at one point, this real estate agent I curled with, he's like, no, like you would be really great. Like you would be like six years old talking to like an 80 year old, like there was no difference in age. And like, I just loved, I, I love to talk. So I enrolled in marketing and I graduated from that. And then, um, and then I started working with indigenous people and in education, like what Quay is doing um and I feel like that's that's what I want to do is I know I want to work with Indigenous people Mm -hmm. and that's why I'm taking Indigenous social work because it's so broad that I can kind of figure it out what I want to do later with it so Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of um where I started so my next question Quay was what was your ideal job okay so I never had an ideal job out of graduating I had an ideal salary. So when I was graduating from university, I wanted to start off at 50K a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. <laughs> but I eventually got there. And I think that, like, it, for me, because I wanted to be a CEO and, like, I wanted to do all these things, I was very what westernized. I was very monetary go- oriented mm-hmm. so like my dream job all all the time that I think or not all the time when I think about myself I think I'm like I can be good at anything once I put my mind to it mm-hmm. so I want to have a job where because I can be good at anything I want to have this 50k because mm-hmm. like I'm like I can do whatever yeah uh, um so that that was my ideal income <laughs> and I was just so lucky that I had happened to um, get this job at where where we are right now, but I remember that I had applied to write the play and they had asked for your ideal income and I said 48 and they were offering 45 and I remember thinking like, no, yeah, I don't want that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that, that was my ideal. Salary. I think that's smart, Quay, that, like you thought of that because then you also know your worth too like you went to school and you had all this experience so you knew how much you were worth it for these businesses um Mm -hmm. I wish I didn't like 
I didn't really know a lot about like how much people made. Um, I remember um, when I was working at the salon, I, the one the one owner was like, oh, Grace, like you should be um, you should be like a stylist or hairdresser. And I was like, oh, no, like they I don't think they make enough money. And he's like, <sighs> what? And then I like went to his house because I was friends with his daughter. And I was like, whoa, this house is the nicest house I've ever seen. I honestly think to this day, it's like the nicest house I've seen. Oh, and wow. I was like, whoa, they, they do make good money. And honestly, when you think about it, like they could book themselves from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. And think services are like over hundreds of dollars. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And they make tips. So I'm like, okay, that's a good job. But my ideal job was, I don't know, like I think it was so indecisive. I did, I think my ideal job was always to be my own boss or to be a boss. Mm-hmm. um boss ladies because <laughs> of sex in the city right they were running shit yeah and um I, I grew up watching a lot of I don't think Shark Tank was around then but um Dragon's Den was around like during mm-hmm. in high school so I was like whoa that's so awesome and you hear these success stories so always in my head I feel like I have an entrepreneur like mind but like my actions like just aren't there yet but probably because I haven't like well, kind of this podcast. Oh my god, I feel like scatterbrain. Part of this podcast, like, is a little entrepreneur. Like, yeah, we're not we're not making money yet, but <laughs> you never know. Like, but we could, we could. <laughs> like, there are people who are. So that would be super awesome. Um, mm-hmm. so quick. Next question: Where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> okay, so um, I see myself in five years. I want to be a director of something. I had always when I was growing up I always wanted to be like like I said a CEO but I also wanted the title manager and I think that's why I work so hard and stuff so long at our where we are right now at our job um so right now I am an acting manager and I hopefully will get the the permanent real manager title um you should put that in the title real manager (laughs) (laughs) not acting real manager I feel like I deserve it. (laughs) I'm real now. (laughs) Um, So that is where I want to be is I want to be a director. And it really could, it really could be anywhere because after three years, I'll have my 10 years at this company that we're at. And then I'll be able, that that was my other goal. Like I want to have a 10 years, 10 years at one place. And Mm -hmm. I want to be a manager. And I wanted to be a manager since I was like five. My dad will say that because I wanted to be a manager of McDonald's mm-hmm. because then I was in charge of the French fries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> what about you? Where do you see yourself in five years? Um, so I see myself um, graduating from my degree that I'm taking. Um, it's actually so it's actually really cool so um, I never told you this but um, Chelsea who we've had on the podcast in the past um, reached out to me on one of my stories and she said you should write a letter to yourself that you open when you're when you graduated your program and I'm like oh my god because I only thought of pictures like oh I'll take a picture and remember like oh that's like that's where I started when I started my program and like, look at me now if kind of thing, but a letter would be so detailed and Mm -hmm. I just think it's so smart. So 
I've yet to do that yet, but I've, I've been meaning to. Um, and really just continue working with Indigenous peoples and being a role model for younger generations, because I think that's what, what they need and continue being an awesome mom. And who knows, maybe in five more years, I'll have like more kids and yeah yeah which will be super fun and yeah that's what I where I see myself oh my god I like love that I love that you are gonna write yourself a letter to when you graduate yeah you need to do that because I'm I will probably ball when I um because I've counted it so like it'll probably take me about six years because I'm doing it part-time to Mm -hmm. do it and Nico will be nine ten years old and I'm like oh my god he is gonna be at my graduation as like someone who will remember it and I'm just gonna Mm -hmm. be bawling and be like look at me I'm your mom and I did it like (laughs) but really the best to just be like I did it like for you like mainly for myself but I'm doing it for my family and to like show them that like anything's like possible and to really show like every indigenous person that you know you can do it after like I mean I wish I've done it before I had Nico because it had just like a little bit more work into it but I'm still doing it and it's like it's yeah. possible possible I'll tell you this one of the best moments in my life okay I have like three or four top moments in my life one of them was when I was like four and I won every single thing on my birthday and it was all pink like <laughs> that <laughs> that's my favorite memory my second is graduating university and when they called my name because my name on all legally I'm Quagabadotziguen and that's my traditional name and my parents did it real purposefully so when they called my name and I walked across the Roberta Bondar pavilion and my uncle gave me my little sweet grass ribbon pin and like my parents were screaming and my brothers were screaming and cheering for me and because they told you because uh, I'm a B so I'm early yeah so they had just reminded everyone save your applause for the end of the business program my parents do not listen and they wanted everyone to know how proud they were so they screamed for me and Aww. like everyone like other people who knew me there were like cheering too yeah and so like there's one photo of me where I'm like the cameraman just caught me right in the right moment and I like had turned around to look at everyone and like that was the best moment in my life and I can't wait for you to have a moment like that where you're like I did it bitches <laughs> pretty much <laughs> I know I I can't wait for that moment and that's really what's like pushing me to like keep going and like mm-hmm. get that so yeah no I'm su- so okay next question where do you see yourself now in 10 years? Okay, so this one's a little bit harder because this makes me think about the future development of our department. Um, also, I want to, I want to have secured a director position. It might, might even be like director of strategic communications to Indigenous people, like something like that. I don't even care. Just, I want that title of director. Mm-hmm. Or... Algoma University, if you're listening, director of Anishinaabe Initiatives, Ooh. I'm coming for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I want to have like my MBA. One of our one of our higher bosses, um, he has an MBA in management and an MBA in English, and so I want to have two. I think 
like one in business and one in leadership because I really want to know how to run shit and I think that I'm going to know how to run shit through a a degree in management Mm -hmm. and leadership like I want to know how to encourage people yeah um but eventually I do want to do a PhD even if it's just in like indigenous studies or something um my cousin Kyle he's a doctor in his doctorate or PhD he's like smart smart but he's smart smart and like he studied like because of our grandparent our grandpa and like our on our mom's side they were like um they're a fruit hunter and gatherers <laughs> so they always pick berries so my cousin Kyle he like has his doctorate in like low low shrub blueberries <laughs> but I'm like <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm like I want that too in what I don't know yeah I think it's um, okay to not know like you're yeah like our whole thing about this podcast is like we're figuring it out along the way and you know like yeah. So I'm excited to see where you'll end up. But is there anything else? Yeah. So my real focus, like I'm going to get that. I can I can achieve those goals, no problem. My real focus over the next 10 years is really on my own healing. And I want to focus on building healthy relationships with like my future husband and my future family. Mm-hmm. I want to have really good, strong, healthy bonds with them where yeah. they're secure, young, indigenous kids and my husband and I are really like secure and healthy in our communications and really like with my own family as well Mm -hmm. so I really want to focus on those relationship building aspects within the next 10 years yeah and I want to I want to have memories and make memories and have my own family yeah oh I'm so excited for that um (laughs) so like when I if I, I ask myself this question um what I thought about was how old Nico would be in 10 years and he would be 14 years old and I'm just like oh my god so me and Quay like she's so career driven right now and I mean I'm building up my career so we're kind of like opposite ends like when I see myself in 10 years Nico will be 14 and I'm hoping that I'm able to jump into my next my next move for my career and something that's that's more because my job right now is offering me flexibility and I'm comfortable mm-hmm. with the pay, but I still, my main focus is Nico because he's so young. So my goal mm-hmm. is when he is around that age and he is a little bit more on his own and um, he's going to school, I'll be able to ha- dedicate more time and responsibility to a career. So um, me and Quay's like, it's it's kind of flipped. So, um, yeah. but always like focuses on family, but um I'll be able to give a little bit more time to myself then in 10 years. So that's kind of where I see myself. And I mean, who knows what it could bring for me? Like, I I hope to get, well, like, I will have my degree by then for sure. But who knows? Mm -hmm. I could also have a master's by then too, which like I thought about and I'm like, holy crap, like, that's so crazy. And it's like, it's exciting to think about the future and really like, write down your goals and like you can really achieve them I remember hearing it all the time when I was younger like you can be anything you want to be and I'd be like yeah okay like that's just a saying but really like you can like if you put your mind to it you can but yeah you know what in five ten years we could even have our own talk show Ooh, <laughs> the next Oprah's <laughs> yeah the next Oprah's so um this is where we end our podcast for this episode but let us know in the comments if you would watch our talk show 
because oh. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll pitch it to CBC or like APTN see who wants to pick pick us up <laughs> pick up these hot acts <laughs> fresh from their world premiere out of Agnes we're gonna deal with CBC <laughs> They didn't even pick us though from the, the pandemic. Oh, really darn. Fun. darn it. Now they will. Yeah, they better. <laughs> oh my God. Just laughing. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening. I think this was so awesome. I think it was so good for me to have this talk as I'm working on assignment mm-hmm. because I'm like, sometimes when you're doing assignments, you're like, oh man, why am I doing this? And I'm like, okay, yeah. this is why I'm doing it. Five years, <laughs> 10 years, bam. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you guys. So your podcast, Andy's know that life can be tough. And we want to end our episode with promoting the Hope for Wellness talk line. The Hope for Wellness Um, Helpline offers immediate help to all Indigenous people across Canada. It is available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week to offer counseling and crisis intervention. Life can be tough and we've all been there. So call the toll-free helpline at 1-855-242-3310 or connect online to their chat at hopeforwellness.ca. And remember that your podcast entities love you.